grab onto the wheel, fasten your seatbelts, and step on the gas. WebmasterRadio.fm is going to take you on the ride of your life. You've just stepped off the curb into Rush Rush Hour. Your Rush Hour hosts, Neil and Cameron, will take you on a fast-paced adventure through the high-tech metropolis known as social media, blogs, social networks, bookmarking, and more. Around every corner are the tools you'll need for marketing through the social web. Now, the light is green, but stay right where you are because you're in Rush Hour. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is the third episode of Rush Hour. I'm your host, Neil Patel, with Cameron Opius. Hey, Cameron, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Neil? Doing good. How's sunny San Diego? <laughs> it's very <laughs> sunny today. Uh, yeah, I know. It was raining last week, right? Yeah, last weekend we got some rain, but uh, it's, I think it's about like 75 degrees out. So, yeah, it's very nice. nice. But yeah, so today we're going to break down some social media news, and then we're going to get into StumbleUpon. We're going to be discussing everything about StumbleUpon, all the way from what StumbleUpon is to the advanced features. So what's yep, uh, the latest happening in the social media community? Um, let's first talk about our uh, conference that we're doing with Danny Sullivan. So cool. um, October 16th and 17th, we're doing a social media conference in New York. Cool. So... Um, you can't register online yet, but everybody mark that down on your calendar. So if you want to learn about social media, dig, delicious, stumble upon, all these types of stuff, you know, it's a great place to learn. Yeah, definitely. We're definitely very excited to to be doing that and to be doing it with Danny as well. I mean, that's going to be uh, huge, and we're definitely looking forward to it. Definitely, yeah. So appreciate that, to Danny Sullivan, for letting us give or giving us the opportunity. So uh, let's jump into some of the news this week. Um, looks like Yahoo and Dell have implemented dig-like sites, except they're more tailored towards people like suggesting suggesting things to improve Yahoo and Dell computers. So have you had a, a chance to look at those at all, Neil? And what, what do you think of them? Uh, had a chance to look at the Yahoo one. Didn't really look at the Dell one. And what it seems like, it's not something where you can promote your own site or anything. It's more than feedback for Yahoo. If I'm correct, or am I wrong? Or? No, you're you're exactly correct. It's not it's not any anything like a social news site like Dig. It's more where you can suggest like ways that Yahoo can improve their service or Dell can improve their computers. So I think it's I think it's great that companies are doing this. I mean, they're definitely. They're definitely opening the communication lines with their customers, and, you know, I'd like to see more companies do this because, you you know, I mean, if they're going to listen and actually, like, take these suggestions and do things with them, I think that benefits the consumer all around because we're going to have, you know, I mean, these companies are going to come out with better products and things that that are going to, you know... And every time one of these releases is actually quite funny, too, because they usually end up getting on dig and all the tiggers (laughs) start going in and spamming them to, like... Hey, dig cloners! What the hell? You're like, why the fuck did you copy dig and stuff? And they say funny stuff like that. So it's quite entertaining. It kind of sucks for Yahoo though. But I think they banned what was it, all the comments that had the word dig in them or something like that. Yeah. Well, I think the I think the reason that Yahoo got got it so bad is because their their user interface looks similar to dig. I mean, dig by no means did they invent like the you know like the user voting system or anything like that. But I think Yahoo has like a similar looking user interface, so I think that's you know where they're getting the front of the criticism from. 
but still, yeah, I mean, every time one of these things launches, the you know, all the dig, all the dig users, the the fanboys or whatnot, are are quick to jump on these guys' back and claim that they're copying dig. Like, yeah, and it's quite I hilarious. Mean, They'll get stories on the homepage of Dig saying, and I don't know if they did this with Yahoo, but they did this with something else. Like, They'll get a story on the homepage that says, hey, everybody go to Yahoo and start spamming them. Or, oh, no, they did this actually with Netscape. So that when Netscape first launched, the stories at the top were Dig-related stories like, hey, Netscape copied Dig. And it was, I don't know if that was, I believe that was like one of the number one stories on Netscape at that time. Yeah. I remember that, and I think they, I think they had that on Yahoo too on the suggestion board. I remember them having something on the homepage. You know, the diggers got that up there. Where, hey Yahoo, why are you copying dig type of thing? So I mean, that's, yeah. it's pretty funny how they how they jump to that and kind of attack these people. But you know, I think these services are good overall, and hopefully these companies will actually listen to you know what consumers have to tell them, and they can improve their products. And you know, I mean, that's just going to benefit all of us. Yeah, I, I definitely understand why companies are going the whole dig approach and doing something similar. Um, hopefully people don't think that they're trying to copy. In some ways they are, but the overall goal is just to try to get more input from the users so they can, you know, make their whole service or Yahoo a lot better. And hey, if everybody's actually willing to do this, there can be a lot better products out there for us to buy or use. So. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, if anybody's copying dig, it looks like uh, MSN might be doing that because they're actually – that's another news item that we wanted to cover. Is they're actually experimenting with a dig-like service themselves, but right now it's I think they're doing it in Belgium or something like that. So it's you know I checked out the page and everything, but it's in foreign language, so you, I mean you can't really understand what the articles are or anything like that. But that looks like almost like an exact clone of dig, not necessarily in the user interface, but at least the way dig works, where it's going to be like a social a social news service. So did you did you look at that one at all? I saw it. I haven't went to the actual site, but I, uh, what was it, Search Engine Journal, Lauren Baker wrote about it, and he had a whole screenshot, and that's all I really saw of it. Yeah, exactly. So what else is new in the news? Um, Dig adopts uh, OpenID. Did you, did you hear about that? I guess Kevin Rose at the, the Future of Web Apps conference in London announced that yeah, they're going to Yeah, I did hear about that, but what is OpenID, if you don't mind explaining that, or... What is that all about? Um, to, to be honest with you, I, I'm, I don't know that much about it. I think what it is is it's like a, it's almost like a open source for, for like uh, user profiles and things like that on social networks. So let's say for example, if you sign up for, you have a MySpace page and you want to carry all that information to like a Facebook page or something like that. I believe OpenID just makes it very easy for you to like transport all that data across different social networks and stuff. So people are going to start taking data from big <laughs> and stealing their user base. Well, not it's like your own it's like your own data. So like your user profile and like your user information, and I believe you can use like the same username and password to to log into like to log into mul multiple social networks. And which I mean I think it's a good thing because there's so many like niche social networks and things that are popping up these days that, you know, I mean, all of us, we have more than one interest, you know. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to stay on MySpace or things like that. You know, I have certain interests that I'm going to, you know, be interested in joining those social networks or whatever. So this is just going to make it easier for me to move from one to the next without having to set up, like, whole new profile pages and user logins and all that stuff. It just, I believe it just moves your information from one to the next. 
Oh, cool. So what it pretty much does, it ends up connecting all the social sites together. So you can take your Facebook's profile, your Dig profile, and all your other profiles, combine them and take them and move them from one place to another. Yeah, exactly. Nice. From, from my understanding, again, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert on the open ID, but from my experience, that, that's what it is. Cool. So, what else and the, the other thing is uh, there's, a, there's a new uh, local service called Mojo Pages, and they're actually based out of, out of San Diego here. And what they are is they're like, if you're familiar with Yelp, they're kind of like, like a Yelp. Whereas in, like, local businesses and things like that, like, users can go on and leave reviews about, like, businesses, local businesses like restaurants, plumbers, construction guys, anything like that. So, and Yelp was the one that used to find restaurants and stuff, right? Or was that yeah, a developing? It's, and Mojo and Pages, Mojo pages is, is very similar. Like, they're definitely going to be competitors. But uh, one thing that I think is cool about Mojo Pages, like, I've been kind of following them from the start just because they had like a, they had like a weekly video blog where they kind of documented the whole startup process nice. so it was fun it was fun to follow their blog and watch their videos every week and kind of you know I mean we're pretty familiar with like startups and things like that you know we have our own products and our own company that we're trying to grow so it was just kind of <clears throat> kind of interesting from like my perspective to just just watch that and get the you know kind of the inside view on their their business and how they approach everything and all that kind of stuff. Cool. So, yeah, Mojo Pages. I put, who wrote on it? Was it TechCrunch or Mashable or? Um, wrote on it, right? I don't think I saw it on TechCrunch. I think I saw it on Search Engine Land. So, someone wrote it on there, and I believe I also saw that on on Mashable as well. Cool. And I think I think this is good. You know, I mean, it's not going to help people that are trying to like that have the very broad topics or anything like that. But what it does is it helps like the I guess it helps, like, the small local businesses, the mom-and-pop shops, the brick-and-mortar stores to really get out there and leverage this, the social media as well, you know. Yeah, it's a great way to find targeted businesses or targeted, uh, targeted customers and stuff. So. Exactly. exactly. So what's and next, StumbleUpon? Um, yeah, do you want to talk about StumbleUpon? I guess that's kind of like the whole theme of the show this week, so... Those of you that aren't familiar with Stumble, StumbleUpon, StumbleUpon is a toolbar. And so what it is is you download a toolbar, but it's really a discovery service for you to find and share, like, new websites and things like that. So what you do is you, you download the toolbar, um, and then it asks you, like, what kind of interest, interest you have so that it can serve you websites that are going to be useful to you. You know, so let's say that you're interested in travel, shopping, um, search uh, SEO, like the search business, things like that. Like you can mark on your profile that those are your interests. And then there's a little button, uh, stumble, and you just click that. And every time you click that, you stumble across a new page that is relevant to the topics that, that you suggest. So pretty much what it is, is it's a great way for you to find new stuff. And if you're bored and you click the stumble button, and you're, if, in, if you're into automotive, you'll, automotive pages will pop up. And if you like them, you hit the thumbs up button. If you hate them, you hit the thumbs down button. Or if you're neutral, don't hit anything and just keep on clicking the stumble button. And the main yeah, exactly. point of this and why it's so popular is 
with all these thousands, or they have millions of users actually, right? Is it over a million? Something like that. They've actually, they're just about to 2 million visitors, I think. I'm actually on their page right now, and it says 1.89 million users, or yeah, 1.89 million. So they're just about at 2 million. Nice, that's actually bigger than Dig, almost by double. Dig has, what, 900,000 yeah, users? That is about that is about double what Dig is. And the other cool thing about StumbleUpon is it's almost like a, a mini social network. Like, you can actually create your own profile page, and, you know, other people that view that profile page see the type of website that you're into. You can, you know, leave a little bio about yourself. You can make friends with other people. You can join groups for, like, again, the kind of interests that you're into. So, like, let's say, like, sports or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. And then you get you get served pages that are relevant to those as well. So it's so is it like a MySpace? Like I have a profile on there, and with mine I select what I'm into. It's kind of it's not like a MySpace or Facebook, but it kind of is in the essence where you set up your own profile and your interests, and based on what you're interested in, relevant pages will end up showing up that you know perk your interest and stuff like that. And that way, when you stumble stuff, it's more likely that you're going to hit the thumbs up button because it's pages that are more related to you and what you like instead of seeing all this crap and stuff, you know, like, if you're into sports and you're not into Barbie dolls or whatever, the last thing you want to see is Barbie dolls. <laughs> so by selecting groups and categories, you won't see Barbie dolls. Are you looking at Barbie before. dolls again, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't stumble Barbie dolls. <laughs> Maybe a few times. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right, though. I mean, it does, I mean, it, it basically comes down to what what is interesting to you. So that's the good thing about it. You know, you select your interests, and you only see pages that are relevant to those. So cool. it's great cool. for great for stumbling relevant sites, uh, submitting relevant sites, and you know, I mean, like you said, when you're bored, you just go ahead and click on the stumble, and when you you, you know you're stuck in being served pages that are relevant to you, give cool. it a so thumbs up, a- give it a thumbs down if you like it. Sounds good. This is a perfect time to take our first commercial break. Rush Hour will be speeding right back after these commercial messages. Hang on. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Best of the Web, the Internet's oldest directory, EOTW.org, since 1994. Our editors scour the web, finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships, 60 days free advertising, no shame. And don't forget the Best of the Web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions, 25% recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web. 
Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the ISEDN.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding and hassles with low-cost top 10 exposure for less than $4 a month from ISEDN. So visit ISEDN.org today. And discover how easy it is maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engine and directory flat fee ads from the ISEDN.org. Slam on your brakes. You've just reached your final destination. Rush Hour on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, back to your Rush Hour hosts, Neil and Cameron. Hey everybody, we're back, and we were talking about StumbleUpon. Now we're going to get into the advanced stuff. So Cameron, how can marketers use StumbleUpon or companies or anybody trying to get, gain more traffic? Um, well, first let's talk about like some of the differences between, uh, let's say, like StumbleUpon and Addict, because there's All something right. that, we're, that we, you know, we as marketers both use to drive traffic to, to websites and things like that, web pages. So, like, what are what are some of the differences you notice? Like, some of the things I notice is that is that uh, StumbleUpon is uh, serves a much broader audience. Like, Dig is, where Dig is more tech related, uh, StumbleUpon is great because there's so so many different uh, you know interested in things like that 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 people can select and that people are into that you can really reach a broader audiences for things that that aren't tech related. Yeah, and StumbleUpon is a lot more broader. I'm a little biased because I'm a dig whore and <laughs> you're kind of a StumbleUpon whore. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the main difference I see is with dig, people know what they're clicking on. So if you get on the dig homepage or you're in the dig upcoming section, before someone clicks on the link, they know what they're going to go to, in most cases, by reading the title and description. While with StumbleUpon, people end up using the stumble button on the toolbar and they usually don't know what they're going to get. Granted, like they can select categories and stuff, so hopefully all the auto pages show up if they're into autos. But still, you don't know exactly what's going to show up. So the main difference yeah. I've seen is, although you can get a lot of traffic from StumbleUpon and Dig, a lot of Dig users end up converting more into links than StumbleUpon users. And I, I feel that StumbleUpon users end up stumbling really quickly or leaving a lot quicker than Dig users because of that. Yeah, that's definitely uh, one thing that I've noticed that's different between the two as well is that if you get a, a story that's popular on Dig versus a story that's popular on StumbleUpon is that you do get a lot more of the backlinks out of it. But StumbleUpon, I mean, it still can produce links and things like that, but it's certainly, it's certainly nowhere near the magnitude that Dig is. Um, the other thing I've noticed about StumbleUpon is that it's, you know, it's like more, it's more long-term traffic. So if something... If, you know, if you get something that's popular on StumbleUpon, it doesn't just go away, like, within 12 hours like it does on Big. It's something that usually over the next week or even month, like, I have stuff that, like, some of my sites that have been stumbled, like, nine months ago that I still, you know, get a couple of hundred stumbles a day just for those, just for those pages. Nice. No and and I believe... Stuff, I mean... Yeah, and like I, I know our blog kind of advertising... <laughs> Yeah, and our blog prone advertising gets around what twenty five hits a day at least from StumbleUpon, even if nothing new comes out. 
Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it does at least. Cause I'm sure we've had quite a few stories from you know from Ponet that were pretty popular on StumbleUpon. Yeah, and, and if you write a StumbleUpon story, just like big, the audience is actually a lot more lenient. So if you write a story on how to get stumble upon, it's going to get a lot more traffic. Well, if you get to write a story on how to get digs, good chance it's going to get buried on digs. So the stumble upon audience, from my understanding, is a lot more lenient. Yeah, they are. I mean, one of the things I've noticed with dig is that it seems like a lot of the users are, they're like on the defense that, you know, that people are always out trying to game them and take advantage of them, where I haven't noticed that on stumble upon. And I mean, there's a, there could be a number of reasons why that, why you don't notice that on StumbleUpon. I mean, obviously, like, for example, like, Dig, like, each story that's dug, there's more of, like, you know, people leave comments around it, and there's, like, a, a lot more action around certain stories, whereas StumbleUpon, yeah. it's usually, like, you usually don't see, like, other people's opinions or things like that unless you, like, dig a little deeper and start looking for that. Definitely. So where I think, whereas I think the dig users are more like on the defense and stuff like that, it doesn't seem like StumbleUpon is like that, where they're worried about people like trying to game them or take advantage of them or anything like that. They're just, you know, people that are looking to stumble across cool sites that are relevant to what they're looking for. So, and I mean, if they, if they don't like a page that they come across, you know, they can hit the stumble button within a couple of seconds and, you know, they'll never see it or give it a thumbs down. Yeah, and from what I noticed, less people on StumbleUpon use a thumbs-down button compared to the thumbs-up. Like, more people just use a thumbs-up, and even with me, I kind of ignore the thumbs-down button. Are you the same way, or...? Um, yeah, I yeah, am to a certain extent, but if I, if I come across pages that I can tell are, like, obviously spammy or, you know, are really just stupid and don't belong there, I will use the thumbs-down button. But for the most part, I, you know, like you said, I, you know, I don't really use that as much. Yeah, and in, in October in 2006, we had a post called My 50 Favorite Web Design Resources. And that post, let me actually paste that link into the Webmaster Radio chat room. Let's see. And that post, there was actually, had 11,000 visits from StumbleUpon, 8,879 from Dig, and 2,715 from Delicious. So based on traffic levels, it wasn't bad. StumbleUpon actually drove more traffic than Dig and Delicious. So yeah, good. I mean, it can it can certainly drive you know a ton of traffic. Like you know, like I've seen some stories that within you know the first day or whatever they drive seven to to nine thousand units to the site. I mean, those are obviously the very popular ones, but they you know I mean it is a it is a great source to to drive traffic like that. How can a marketer use that to their benefit? Yeah. Well, I think it's like any of the other like social news sites or, you know, any of these kind of social networks. I think the first thing is that you've got to, you've got to participate and be active in the community if you want to, like, submit stories that have a chance of getting popular. I mean, there's a number of things that go into determining how many people see a story that's been stumbled, and some of those things are like the like the. There's actually a thing if you go into into your profile, you can see uh, what's called your audience, and what that is is that's like the direct number of people that that are seeing pages that you serve. Now, let's say you have a let's say you have an audience number of like 3,000, that doesn't automatically mean that if you, every, every story that you submit is going to be seen by 3,000 people. 
because obviously only people that have those same interests, same interests as the story or whatnot, are going to see those, see those, see that page that you submitted. What is your audience number three thousand? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's up there. It's pretty high. It was higher. You know, it built. It, it went much higher for a while, but then it just started dropping, and I'm not sure why it did that. But from what I've like read up on and searched about, is that that's pretty normal. Is that people will build like a they can build a really high audience number, and then it just you know it just starts to drop after a while. Like I had mine, I think it was up around like five or six thousand at one time, but it's dropped, and it's I think it's now like in the somewhere in the three thousand range, and it's it stayed pretty steady there. So I, you know I would expect that to stay where it's at. Yeah, I've been using StumbleUpon like twice as long as you. Mine's only at one eighty six. I know it's funny because you, <laughs> I think you have a lot more uh, mutual friends than I do too. No, well, I have the max. I have like two or like two hundred and five mutual friends right now. But and I don't know, maybe that's what hurt me. And if you create a st- uh, StumbleUpon account, don't go out there and add two hundred mutual friends. Yeah, I think the key is trying to find trying to find friends that have the same interests as you, and maybe even building that profile slowly over time. Like that's that's what I've done with mine. Like I I don't have the same amount as mutual friends, but I have a I have a much higher audience. Yeah. So and I think I think the other thing that is role in that is how active you are on that. I think I'm a lot more active on StumbleUpon than you are. Actually, I'm very active. I stumble a lot of stuff, but mine are a lot of stumbles, like one-second stumbles. I like it. I hit the thumbs up, and yep. I think a lot of users, I don't know if you spend a lot of time on a page or... Um, sometimes I do. I mean, I guess it just depends on how interesting that page is to me. You know, if I come across something, that an article that I want to read or a video that I want to watch, you know, I'll spend the appropriate amount of time. And the other thing I do is I submit a lot of sites, and I leave a lot of reviews. On sites that I stumble upon, and I think that I think that plays a, a role in your audience too. You know, from what I've from what I figured out on my own is, you know, not only is it the amount of friends you have, the mutual friends, it's it's how active you are in the community and how many stories you submit and review as well. Well, I, I reviewed a good amount. I've, I stumbled. I think I've even stumbled more stories than you because I've been doing it longer. But I've never really submitted too many stories, and I think. That's why my uh, audience number is probably a lot lower than yours. <laughs> yeah, that could definitely that could definitely be, you know, uh, a good reason why it's lower than mine. Well, <laughs> no, I know when I do submit, <laughs> not because when I do submit stories, half the time they don't even count, and then I email the support saying, "Hey, what's up? I submitted a story, and it's not even showing that I submitted it." And then they respond to me with some generic thing. Hey, check out our forum. This is StumbleUpon community. You can find your answers in there. And then I email them back. I'm like, I can't find my answer in there. Something's wrong with my account. And then they email back again. Hey, check out the forum. It's like they're just giving me stupid generic responses. So. Yeah, you're like, gee, thanks for the help. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, I actually, yeah. I actually had that same problem for a while. It was weird, and I, I have no idea what causes it, but it seemed like a lot of the stories that I would originally submit and leave a review about, I would go back and check my pages to see which stories I submitted, and it wasn't even there. So I have no, that, that must be some kind of a bug or something, and I have no idea why it does that. But I've, I've definitely noticed that same thing. I, ha- I haven't noticed it lately, but I did notice it, you know, probably like three, four months ago, I, I started to notice it quite a bit. Well, that happens with like 90% of the stories I submit, so now I don't even try to submit any more stories because of that. And I have 200 mutual friends, or more than 200, because people start friending you. You're capped out at 200, so you can't friend them back. But 
So it's like, I have a good amount of friends, so I don't want to drop the account and create a new one from scratch, but it may end up leading to that, so. Yeah, that's definitely something that I would like to see stumble upon, you know, take away the limit of 200 friends for. Um, even if they even if they did it for, like, sponsored, like, sponsor accounts or something, I think that's something that they need to do. Because, like you said, you know, if you have more than 200 people that have friended you or whatever, I mean, it would only make sense that you should be able to friend them back or that limit should be raised. Yeah, it, it should know. be raised, too. I guess I agree. maybe they're, they're worried about people, like, taking advantage of it and, you know, using it to, to gain stumble upon, I guess. I guess one of the things could be is people could probably set up like like automatic scripts where they add friends and things like that if they didn't have a limit on that. Yeah, they could, and you can even go in there and add 200 friends. It doesn't take that long. You can do it within an hour or two. It's pretty easy, and all you have to do is just try to find the most active members in front of them. But still, I don't know if that's effective because I think the way that their algo works is if you end up friending people that don't have similar interests as you, your audience number goes down. I could be wrong, but I think that's why my audience number is so low. Yeah, I think that I think that would be a, a good explanation of why your audience number is so low. You know, I mean, obviously, if people don't have the same interests as you, you can't serve them. You can't serve them pages of your interests because they they don't care to see them. Well, so this is a perfect time to take a quick commercial break. Ready? Rush Hour will be speeding right back after these commercial messages. Hang on. Marketing payouts lacking green, leaving you seeing red? Get your business in the black with NeverBlueAds.com. Sign up with NeverBlueAds.com today and earn an additional $200 for the first $200 generated. Get ready to flash those pearly whites with unique campaigns, real-time stats, great personal service, and high payouts on time every month from NeverBlueAds.com. Results for advertisers, income for affiliates, everybody wins with a better marketing experience from NeverBlueAds.com. Have you heard that content is king? Yeah. What's that mean? I don't even have a clue. Hmm. Wonder if that's important. Important? Search engine optimized web content is essential. Essential for maximizing page rank. Essential for increasing sales. GetWebContent.com is the internet's foremost provider of custom written search engine optimized copy. GetWebContent.com is easy to access and ultra cost effective. Right now, copy is indeed king. And GetWebContent.com is the king of copy. Check it out today. Know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? Clicksore.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from Clicksore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on Clicksore.com today. That's Clicksore.com. Your bottom line will thank you. Clicksore.com. Delivers where it matters for you. Slam on your brakes. You've just reached your final destination. Rush Hour, Rush hour. on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, back to your Rush Hour hosts, Neil and Cameron. Hey everybody, we're back, and we're talking about Stumble Upon. Someone in the Webmaster Radio chat room, Brent, actually, from WeirdAsianNews.com, I believe, he mentioned a good point. You can actually use your Stumble Upon toolbar to send pages to mutual friends, which will, you know, give you an initial boost, so hopefully you can make your stories or whatever you submit a lot more popular. 
Yeah, exactly. There, there's actually quite a few features that we haven't covered that are in the that are in that toolbar. And one of them is the fact that you can send pages to certain friends and things like that. And like you mentioned, you know that do, that does give it an initial boost. Yeah, I've never actually tried that. That's actually I should try that out next time I submit something. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you're looking at the uh, it's the share button. I don't know if you're if you have your stumble upon toolbar there in front of you, but if you do, you just click that and there's a drop down where you there's certain friends that you can you can. Uh, select which friend you want to send it to, or you can even email it to people or just uh, mutual friends as well. Uh, yeah, damn it. I just clicked on the button and it kicked me out of the Webmaster Radio chat room. Stupid <laughs> 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 me. But yeah, so. It's funny actually because I actually, a lot of people, I know a lot of people actually use that because, you know, I'm always I'm always seeing on my, on my uh, tool, my stumble upon toolbar that I have new stories that friends have submitted to me. And the way where you can see that if people do that is next to the stumble button, there will be a red number next to it. So uh-huh. if you ever see that, that means that you have that you have certain pages that a, a certain user is trying to submit to you. And they can even leave messages and stuff. So it, it's kind of funny. You know, I have a lot of people that I have that I'm mutual friends with, but, you know, I mean, as far as, like, in, in person and stuff, I have no idea who they are. And they always send me, you know, like stories that they think will will be of interest to me and I leave little messages and stuff like that. And it's funny because I actually I actually have this one lady that she's like she's like a little bit freaky and stuff and she'll always send me like really like kind of like racy like videos and like dirty humor kind of stuff. So you know, I think it's I think it's kind of funny that that you can do that and she always sends me like cute little messages to go with it and stuff. So it's, it's kind of funny, you know, and I mean it is like a, a a mini social network. I mean, it's definitely not like a full blown social network, like like a MySpace or anything. But it does have a lot of those social features where you can, you know, message friends back and forth and you know see mini profiles on people and stuff. So, but was that the chick that tried to ask you out from StumbleUpon? <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't try to ask me out. Because <laughs> I know someone was hating on you from StumbleUpon, right? Uh, yeah, kind of. She was like. <laughs> She was she was like asking me if I liked her profile pictures and and all that stuff and said that I look cute from my picture and that kind of stuff. But I I gotta be careful what I say here because if my wife if my wife listens to the show she may not let me use StumbleUpon anymore and you know definitely yeah, it, we definitely need to use that. Just put a nice picture of a chicken. <laughs> you get guys hitting up so she won't care anymore. That's that's funny because on my other computer, I actually remember that like a few months ago when I set up that fake profile with that hot chick. Yeah, <laughs> funny. It's it's really funny the difference that it makes if you use like a picture like that for your profile. I had so many guys like sending me private messages and stuff, and just some of the things they said it was just. I mean, it's just really <laughs> off the wall and stuff. But it's funny, you know. I guess that would be like a a way that a person could really build a high audience fast because I had so many people like friending me right away and leaving private messages and all this stuff. So, yeah, because yeah, t- you got hundreds of messages. So what I would have done was every time someone messed me, I'm like, yeah, dude, that's my picture. Friend me now, you know? <laughs> and you can get so many <laughs> yeah, friends exactly. if you do that. They would be like sending me these private messages like, hey, is that picture really you? You're really hot and stuff. So I was <laughs> like, get- of course, never message back because I'm not going to, you know, get into these little private messages with, you know, guys that are looking to hook up through StumbleUpon or whatever, but. True. Where'd you I get mean, that picture yeah. from? Um, I just I just went to Google Images and <laughs> I typed in hottie. 
just search for that and it's like one of the first pictures that came up. So. It's pretty funny. Nice. But, uh, right. I mean, uh, something else what are some of the other stumble upon the, features that people can use? Well, something that somebody brought up in the chat room was the, uh, the paid stumble upon traffic. And what that is is basically you can submit a URL or a, a page and you can pay for the amount of times that it gets stumbled. And they charge you, they charge you five cents for every time that page is stumbled, stumbled across. But that's actually, I've actually tested it out. Like we've never used it on like a client or anything like that, but I've actually, I've actually tested it out just like on pages on my blog or whatever just to, you know, kind of kind of see how it worked and everything and it actually works works really good you know i mean you pay what you do is you submit the url and you put in like a a daily limit and things like that and then they just start they just start serving that page to two other stumblers that have that same interest and you can actually see how many people like give that page a thumbs up or a thumbs down and you know if enough people if enough people give it a thumbs up and stuff like that it will actually the page will actually take off on its own without having to pay for additional traffic. Nice. And is that actually, uh, how do you know if you're stumbling something that was paid for? Do you get that little red message by the stumble button as well? Um, I don't think you do know. I, you, don't get the, you don't get the little red number that it's, that it's uh, paid or anything. I believe that they, that they don't tell you at all. Like there's, you know, and I guess, maybe that that brings up a good point. Like, that could cause, like, problems and things like that where maybe they need to be more transparent. But they, you know, as far as I know, I've never seen any kind of message saying that this is, like, a, a paid, you know, a paid submission or, or anything like that. And, you know, like I said, it, you know, I tested it out a few times on pages on, like, our blog or my personal blog or whatever. And it actually, I mean, it's a, it's a, a good way to you know, send targeted traffic to your site and things like that. Yes, it's, it's a great way to kickstart it and hopefully other people will catch on to it so you're not paying for traffic anymore. Yeah, exactly. If it's, a, if it's a good page that really is relevant and that people will, you know, that people will find use in, it will actually get enough thumbs up that, you know, you don't have to pay for it anymore and it's just going to take on a life of its own and you're going to get, you know, you can get thousands of people visiting visiting your page from that. You know, so yeah, that's a... A few weeks ago, you were actually explaining to me how traffic works, and you can tell how much traffic StumbleUpon is sending to you. And I'm actually blind, or not really, but I didn't notice it at all, and it took me a while to see it. And it was um, something like buckets of traffic or something. What was it called? Well, there's a couple of ways that you that you can see how many pay- times your page has been stumbled upon. Like if you go if you go onto your uh, StumbleUpon your the toolbar and you click Pages. It should show the pages that you've submitted to to stumble upon, and if you click the there's a little they have a little URL in brackets on the right hand side of like the the main title, and if you uh-huh. click that it'll show it'll show like the last I think they show like the last twenty or so people that have stumbled across it, the other people that have left reviews on it or whatnot, and then down at the bottom it actually tells you a level of the activity that it's had. And it can say, I believe the levels that it says is it says like, and it's got the little stumble upon button, so it says no SU activity. You know, it can say like a little SU activity. Um, I think it then it goes to moderate, then a lot, 
then tons, and then bucket loads. Yeah, I see it right now. So that's tons kind of, of a, activity. Yeah, so that's kind of a way that you can gauge, like, how popular the page is, but that doesn't show you an exact number or anything like that. And the way to find that out is if your page makes the the uh, buzz page on StumbleUpon, which is, like, I guess, buzz like, the most popular pages. Com? Yeah, it's buzz.stumbleupon.com. And if you actually go on there, you can, it, it shows you at the bottom, it's got like the, it's got the title up top, the description, and down below it's got the little SU logo with a number next to it. And that's how many times that your page has actually been stumbled upon. So if you have one that's popular and it, and it reaches the buzz, you can actually see, see how many people are stumbling it. Nice. So that's kind of like the dig home page, but unlike the yeah, dig home page. Yeah, I mean it is. Or like, I guess another one that you can compare it to would be like the delicious popular page. Yeah, because with StumbleUpon, you're probably not going to get too much traffic from that buzz page, but you're going to get a lot of people from the toolbar. While with dig and delicious, you're going to get a lot of traffic from the home page, and you're not going to really get much traffic from the upcoming sections or the non-popular pages. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, no, yeah, so there's uh, a, a couple of ways there where you can see, like, how popular pages or things like that. There's actually somebody, uh, Brent in the chat room, is saying there's a way that you can type in the URL and it pops up the stats. So maybe if he can explain there in the chat room exactly how to do that. that would yeah, be cool. and, and, and if you want to call in, Eddie, if you can uh, blast the number so people can call in if they have questions or they want to get on the air. Yeah, so we're going to start. Uh, people can call in and ask us questions about StumbleUpon or really anything, you know. We'll just, just leave a message there in the chat room and we'll be happy to to discuss what, what you guys want to hear about. There's actually uh, a Kid Disco. He asked, if you guys find a cool article, video, post, etc., do you submit it to one site, or do you dig delicious stumble Reddit Netscape for all of them? I personally just do the dig route and delicious route, and sometimes the stumble upon route. But my feeling is, if it gets on the dig homepage, it usually picks up everywhere, as well as Netscape and all these other second tier and third tier social media sites. But you know, sometimes you're not going to hit the dig homepage. So if you if you're not sure you're going to hit it, you want to make sure you target all the mediums. And the other thing is, it sometimes depends who submits it to dig, delicious, or stumble upon. So a good way is to make sure that you get the proper user submitting something. The last thing you want is some average Joe with, who doesn't have any knowledge of dig or stumble upon stumbling something or submitting it to dig with a bad title or bad description, and most importantly, placing it in the wrong category. Because if that happens, it's, you're pretty much causing debt to that article. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, whereas you whereas you prefer to use dig, like submit to dig and things like that, I actually prefer prefer to use StumbleUpon. You know, I like I use both sites for their respective purposes or whatnot, but as far as like submissions and being active in the community, I'm much more active on StumbleUpon than I am on dig. Whereas you're the opposite. So I think that that plays a big role into it where like you'll submit more stuff to dig, I'll submit more stuff to, to stumble. Sometimes, you know, we'll do both. But I think another thing that plays a part in it is what the actual page is. Like, like we mentioned earlier in the show, StumbleUpon can you can target a lot of different a lot of different like topics or niches and things that that aren't covered in Dig. So you know, 
if you have things that, that won't work on Dig, StumbleUpon, or some of these other social networks are are great sites to to submit that stuff to, because you know, just because it's popular on Dig doesn't mean it's going to be popular with StumbleUpon and vice versa. And you know, again, they have different different topics and much a lot of reads. Cool. So. so this is a perfect time to take our last commercial break. Rush Hour will be speeding right back after these commercial messages. Hang on. Welcome to the Daily Searchcast. Dig beats Google News on the Rumsfeld story. Dig is in the doghouse. You know, I mentioned yesterday how, like, we, we had a story get dug, and then all the people were, like, at Dig commenting, like, and why'd they get dug rather than the actual story? Like, it was, like, our fault that somebody went through and submitted it or whatnot, and I sillyly posted out there. Anyway, so no, what Danny's no, going to no, do, no. Danny's going to post a link to it in the dailysearchcast.com. That's right. Find yeah. the comments and give us a whole bunch of digs. And while you're at it, just keep submitting our stories to dig and also to iTunes. And you can also buy the t-shirt. No, you're going to be t-shirt. <laughs> and you'll get a free yo-yo from it. Barry will send a yo-yo to everybody who gives him a dig. Oh, and then we'll get banned from dig because you're not allowed to give away yo-yos for digs. <laughs> the Daily Searchcast with Danny Sullivan. Monday through Thursdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Pacific. And if you missed any of this week's shows, check out the Daily Searchcast Week in Review. Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Wizards, rainmakers, rock stars, gorillas, and gurus. WebmasterRadio.fm. Come visit our magical Webmaster Wonderland. We got a mouse, too. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic maximizing details now at friendfinder.com. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, TextLinkAds.com. Slam on your brakes. You've just reached your final destination. Rush Hour on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, back to your Rush Hour hosts, Neil and Cameron. Hi, everybody. We're back. And we're talking about stumble upon. We had some questions in the chat room, I believe, Cameron. Uh, yeah, we've actually started to get quite a few questions coming in, so thanks, guys. And if you have any more, just start firing them away, and we'll try and get to them before the the show ends. And you can also call us at eight six six three four five six six three one, and you can ask your question live over the air if you prefer. So uh, one of the questions from the chat room was who's who's going to buy StumbleUpon and why would they buy it? And that's actually that's actually a really good question because just the other day uh, Lauren Baker at Search Engine Journal 
he actually uh, posted a, I guess, kind of like an open letter to Amazon saying that Amazon should buy StumbleUpon. And I guess that that would be like, I think Warren hit it right on the, the nail right on the head there because I think Amazon would probably be the suitor for a company like StumbleUpon, mainly because of the Stumble or because of the uh, toolbar. But why would people and want to buy? Why would Amazon want to buy StumbleUpon? Well, yeah, the, the think, of, think about stuff, all the data but. that they that the, the stumble the StumbleUpon toolbar bar provides, and Amazon could could uh, put that you know could cross that in with like let's say Alexa for example, and they're you know if they're collecting the the amount of data that they are from the Alexa toolbar that they would from like a StumbleUpon and things like that, I think that would give them a lot more a lot more accurate data. I think it would give them more accurate data, but the problem is I don't really see them or anybody trying to buy StumbleUpon unless there's some way they can monetize it. And I know you can by paying for the traffic, but Amazon would probably need a lot bigger picture in mind if they're trying to buy something. Or they could be if when people stumble stuff, there's a little ad on every page somewhere. There's like a frame somewhere on that page. And that could be a reason why they want to buy it, but I don't know how well those visitors are actually going to convert. Well, I mean, one of the one of the reasons that they that anybody would buy it, I guess, is for the audience that that StumbleUpon has. You know, I mean, like we mentioned earlier in the show, they've, they've got almost two million people that are using the service now, and I mean, that's obviously, you know, a big number that they're that in, any company would be interested in having. I mean, it's almost like asking the question, you know, who's going to buy Dig and why would they buy Dig? I mean, yeah, and that makes sense if they're going to go after the audience and. With a lot of these guys, like eBay with Skype and everybody, they try to figure out their own little way to monetize it because, in essence, the user base is worth money to someone. So, Sure. And, I mean, Google just bought YouTube a few months ago. I mean, and that was a, another one where it's kind of, I guess, in a similar scenario where, you know, the site wasn't exactly being monetized at the time to the point where maybe it would be worth the number that Google paid for it. Yeah. But I'm sure part of the reason they bought them was for the audience size, and I'm sure they've got a lot bigger plans in mind. Like I know Shoe Money has talked about the like the AdSense for video or the AdWords for video, and how he's beta tested that in the past. Yeah, and I believe on Net Income, um, on one of his shows, one of the Google guys pretty much broke down their whole plan for YouTube or their whole marketing plan behind it, something like that. It's somewhere on ShoeMoney.com, so go there and check out the post. Yeah, exactly. So you know, I think I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if if StumbleUpon was you know somebody did did buy it this year. You know, I think it's I think it's one of the you know more popular social network sites that hasn't been acquired so far and that can actually provide value. And I mean, I know one way that they're monetizing the site is through the paid stumbles. And I think you know I don't have any exact numbers on that. But I believe I've heard in the past that they're actually doing doing pretty good off of that. Yeah, they must have some sort of plan. I know they got invested in by first round, I believe it is, and those guys are a pretty good VC firm, so they should have yeah, some sort exactly. of solid business model. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, again, going back to the to the Amazon, where I'm actually going to try and pull that story up and paste the URL in the chat room, so everybody can see it. Where uh, Lauren. Lauren Baker's post. Did you actually get a chance to read that, Neil? 
did not read it. He sent it to me on the item yesterday, though. <laughs> I skimmed it. Do you read any blog posts? <laughs> <laughs> I read a good amount. <laughs> I don't have time with school and work, but I try. It's usually the weekends where I catch up on everything. And by that time, the news is already old and it's outdated. Yeah. Anyway, I guess Lauren's like main point of why Amazon should buy it would be uh, one for the toolbar and the data that I could provide to, to Alexa or some of their other properties. Another one would be the recommendations and how those kind of fit in with the whole Amazon model of recommending products and things. And the other one was the was the monetization where the, the paid stumble. The paid stumble. Yeah, definitely. So what they have there. A lot of them with creativity, it can make quite a bit of money, so. Yeah, exactly. Any other questions Anyways, that we had? Uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, somebody asked uh, Somebody asked us to talk about converting StumbleUpon traffic. And I actually think that, that brings up a great topic, and maybe we can kind of just talk about converting social media traffic in general, because I know that's something that kind of, you know, a lot of people ask questions about all the time is, you know, hey, how do you guys actually monetize that stuff? Because most people's experience with it is that, you know, and this goes for, like, Dig, StumbleUpon, Reddit, any of these sites, is, like, the people almost breeze through the site in a way, you know, they'll click through on Dig, read it for a couple of minutes, and then they'll be gone and never never back to the site again. Yeah, and, and, and my whole take on the monetization part is, I don't think any of those visitors are really going to click on ads because they're already too advanced. If someone has a StumbleUpon toolbar that they installed or they're a dig user, they should know about ads and they probably do a lot where they're not going to click on them. But the thing that, or the way that I look at it when it comes to monetization is, hey, try to get those visitors to link to you, to subscribe to your RSS feed, or do something that they want that's targeted towards them because they're advanced users. They understand RSS and things like that. And then what you do is, hopefully if a lot of them link to you, it increases your search engine rankings after a while, and you get more search traffic, and then those visitors are more likely to convert, click on ads, or buy a product or even a service. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And the other thing is I think it's uh, being relevant to the social network that you're submitting to. You know, I mean, we've had clients in the past where it was very relevant to, like, the tech audience and things like that, and we did social media campaigns for them, and, you know, I mean, their, their like, adoption rate went up, like, over a thousand percent or something like that. I mean, I can't mention the client's name or what exactly we did for them, but you know, if it is targeted like that, you can actually, you know, really bring in a, a big user base and actually convert the people. Whereas things that aren't targeted are, you have a very, you're very less likely to to convert those into actual users, and so you're you're better off, I think, trying to convert that into the links or the indirect SEO benefits that that's going to bring. And I know Josh Pigford from the Apple blog. He's uh, pretty much a blogger, and he writes about Apple all day long. With his blog, when he gets on Dig, it actually converts really well because Dig users love Apple. So if you have Apple-related products, Apple-related ads, or anything that's Apple-related, and because the blog focused on that, it converts really well. And it goes back to what you're saying, submit it to relevant social sites. So for an Apple blog, it's great if you want to submit it to Dig. The Apple blog's probably not as great if you want to submit it to, I don't know, um, Blinklist. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get exactly. that point. And I'm sure he converts a lot of the people that come from Dig and things into readers, because the, yeah. again, those are people that are they're you know they're interested in Apple, 
you know, Apple News, Apple products, whatever else Apple. So they come to this and they see that that's a site that's relevant to their interest. They're, I think they're a lot more likely to actually, like, click to subscribe to the RSS or bookmark the site and and come back to that. Yeah, definitely. And I know that's a really easy question where it's really easy for Apple Blog because it's highly related to Dig, and Dig has an Apple category to convert, and some may be tougher. But their social mediums or social sites for every little niche or almost every other niche, if you're selling deals or coupons, hit up deals.com or is it deals.net, something like that. It's a whole Dig-like site just for deals. If you're into politics and stuff and your whole blog's about politics, Start trying to get on Netscape. You don't want to spam them, but if you can provide value, you'll do pretty well on Netscape. And those readers will convert, or those visitors will convert into readers or potential subscribers or maybe even clients, depending on what your type of site is, because they're into politics. So it's all about yeah, targeting. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. It's, it's, all about, it's all about just targeting the right audience. You know, I mean, that's, that's really, really all it comes down to. Dig isn't the... Dig or stumble upon a Reddit or any of these sites aren't the you know come one on come all. They don't work for every single site or every single campaign that you're trying to run. I mean, I think it's very important to do the research before and find the social the social networks that are more most relevant to your topic or to you know to that your audience can appeal to. So, anyways, uh, moving on to to the questions, we had uh, one more request. Somebody wants us to discuss the fact that stumble stumble upon traffic has the lowest time spent on a site compared to other social media sites. And that's actually something that I believe that we briefly mentioned earlier in the show is just how you know because of the way that the the whole stumble upon model and everything is set up, how people are stumbling from page to page, is that the actual time spent on a on your site or something that somebody stumbles across is very low in comparison to the others. Yeah, with the others like Dig or Delicious or a lot of the other social sites, you're actually seeing before you click, so you can read the title and description, so you know if it's a tech-related site or it's related to politics or whatnot. And then when you click, you know what you're usually going to expect, unless they're deceiving and they have like a title that was totally irrelevant just to get you to click through. While with StumbleUpon, although you can select the category and try to select the niche on which pages you want displayed every time you hit the stumble button, still you don't know what you're going to get. Even though you stumble it and you're into autos, you may get one page that's on Corvettes. The next time you stumble, you could get the history of cars. So it can be totally random, and because of that, I think the conversion is really low and people just bounce off and keep on stumbling really quick. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. I mean, the average time spent on the page from StumbleUpon is very low. But I think, again, it, it goes back to making sure that you're properly targeting the, the audience that you're submitting to or trying to uh, trying to get to stumble upon your site. So I think that that's important. And it's also, again, I mean, providing uh, some kind of remarkable content or something like that, something that's going to grab somebody's attention and suck them in and keep them there. And then once you do that, how can you how can you convert them and, and keep them digging into into deeper pages on the site and things like that? And one of the things I've noticed that a lot of people do is they'll put like like for example like a blog post they'll put relevant links at the bottom, which yep. is I think is a great thing. You know, if you read through the post, you like the post, and then you see a couple of links that are relevant to that. A lot of people actually do click on those and 
and, you know, go deeper into the site and read a lot more of the content that way. And depending on how hardcore of a programmer you are, you can actually do it where people who come to your site from Dig can actually see one specific page, while someone who comes to your site from StumbleUpon can see a little more modified page. So at the bottom, if they came from StumbleUpon, you can put more links that are related to them. If they came from Dig, you can put more links that are related towards the audience. Yeah, exactly. And that's actually uh, Shoe Money was doing that last night. He showed me how he he wrote a code where people that come from Dig, they don't see ads on a site. Yeah. And I think and that's... That's pretty smart because I know he also had a... He was getting a lot of hits, so it's also great because you take it down and hopefully your page loads up a lot faster so then that way your server doesn't go down. Yeah, exactly. Not only was his was his servers getting uh, hung up with the ad server and things like that, it, it really improved the, like, the load time of his pages. I mean, it's obvious that, you know, we've been hearing this for a while, how dig, dig people don't like ads. You know, they will not click on your ads. That's just, I mean, that's a given. And by leaving those ads there, you're just, you know, you're lowering your click-through percentage and all that stuff. So I think it's, I think what he did is smart for to do that for these type of audiences that are coming to your page. You know, serve it so they just see the content and not the ads on your page. So not well, only does it improve like load time and stuff, it you know, I mean, it, people aren't going to click on those ads anyway, and they're, I think they're more likely to link to a page that doesn't have ads because they don't feel like that these people are trying to take advantage of the communities or anything. They're just providing really good content. Cool. So we're out of time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, I mean, we talk Eastern about Standard our Time. What was that? Can we, we mention our guest for next week? Yeah, it's Rand Fishkin next week. So, so stay tuned at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time next Wednesday.